I hate music. Week 2014. This is going to be the first in what I'm hoping is going to become a yearly RPG fan music feature where we've just got a bunch of guests lined up to come in and talk about their favorite music from the year. We've got some interviews lined up for you. We've got all kinds of cool stuff, and you're going to have to check back every day this week uh, for something new. Uh, we're really excited about this. It took a lot of work to get into it, but uh, I'm here it's... today, Stephen Myrink, Tales yes. on the Boards. And I'm Derek Hemsberg, and I'm Embryon on the Boards. This is going to be a three part mega show um, because. We had so many people that ended up being interested. So we're going to have several interviews and features planned out, as well as interviews and our Music of the Year feature. It's a bit later than you guys might expect, but we hope you'll find that it's worth the wait. Yeah, so uh, we're going to be splitting, like I said, the show, like Derek and I said, the show into three parts. The first two parts are going to be all of our RPG fan editors' favorite tracks from the year, and we sort of made them stick to stuff that was actually released in 2013. The final segment, though, which is our audience pick section, that's just all kinds of music that you guys wanted to hear. Uh, No criteria at all, just totally random chaos nonsense, pick anything you want to have it there. Um, You guys have been sending stuff in for a few months now, so we wanted to give you a chance to hear us talk about it on the show and listen to it, of course. Yes, and continue to stay tuned for the rest of the week because in addition to this super mega podcast extravaganza, we've got a really cool series of features coming out uh, that are going to trickle out throughout the week. We've got some interviews with some pretty notable folks in the VGM scene. Like, if you're a fan of Final Fantasy XIV, especially, you may want to keep listening. Mm-hmm. Um, and all kinds of cool stuff to sink your teeth into. Yeah, absolutely. And we, we talked about this before, but normally we would save this kind of thing for the end, but I'm just so excited to talk about it that we just really wanted to thank everybody who's been a part of this for the past year. Because at this point, we're coming up, or actually, we just passed the first year anniversary of Rhythm Encounter. So <laughs> when we yeah. started this, yeah, seriously, when we started... We weren't even sure there'd be enough interest to keep this going, but you guys have been talking to us all year on Twitter, on the boards, and it's just getting more and more popular. And then, Derek, like we were talking earlier, too, even the editors on the on the boards, like... Yeah, it's been pretty crazy how many people have uh, jumped in on this, because at first we were just afraid that not enough people would be interested, because Stephen and I were the most enthusiastic in the beginning. And as people listened to the show, and as uh, listeners started to enjoy it, more and more editors wanted to get in and start sharing their music picks. So it's been really, really great how many people have come out and said that they appreciated the show. And not trying to make it a popularity, you know, like, oh, we're so awesome. But you you guys are what make us awesome, in a sense. Um, we wouldn't have this show if we didn't have a lot of cool listeners that were tuning in all the time and telling us what they wanted to hear. So thanks uh, a lot, really, for your feedback and just for listening to the episodes. Even if you've never gotten on the forums and said anything about it, we still appreciate it. You're still, you know, you're still awesome for doing that. So it means a lot to us. Yeah, exactly. Like like I was saying to Derek, we play Final Fantasy XIV a lot. And, like, people who join our free company are like, oh, great, great episode, guys. And we're like, what are you talking about? They're like, oh, the episode... The, the, the most recent Rhythm Encounter, we're like, you listen to Rhythm Encounter? You never commented. Oh, well, yeah, but I still like the show. So even you guys that are, are not writing on the boards, we appreciate you too because it's just it's really kind of awesome to just know that we've created this thing with you guys' help and that 
you know, like when we ask you questions like how can we improve the show, you know, when we want to shorten it, you know, you don't get those kind of comments all the time. But when we do, we've really tried to make it into something that everybody can enjoy. And it's just kind of awesome that we've had like an entire year of that. So, again, thank you to everybody who's been supporting us for the entire year. Thank you guys very much. So, without further ado, and uh, I could say that because I haven't said it in a while. Are you uh, sure? Oh yeah. Well, if I if I'm not sure, I'm gonna edit it out. We're gonna we're gonna let you listen to some tracks. Between each segment, we're gonna throw in some extra tracks we've heard this year. We'll be talking about them, but just good stuff that we think you might want to hear uh, from 2013. So be sure to listen to that, and then stay tuned. I believe coming up first, we've got Mike and John Tucker's picks. So keep listening. All right. So joining us for this segment, we have uh, Derek. As always, Derek, thank you for being here. We Hello. have returning guest star to The Price Is Right, Mike Salbato. Hello. And we have all new, new and improved John Tucker. I'll take RPG music for 200, Alex. All right, the Daily Double is... Wow, This that song was... appeared in the DS version of Chrono Trigger, but not in the original. Thank you for saving me on that. I'm going to edit myself out and just have you saying that so we sound really well-flowed. <laughs> so this is your first time on the show, and we are doing our Music of the Year episode, of course. So we're working through everyone on the staff's picks, and in this particular episode we recorded in different segments just so we could get everybody's voice in there. And uh, what we're going to do for the format is we're going to have all of our wonderful guest editors come on and tell us what music they love from 2013. Rule-wise, I forced all the editors to kind of stick with 2013 stuff because we let readers kind of open their picks up to anything they wanted to hear in the episode. So in this case, the, the stipulation was anything that either it was in a game that came out in 2013 or a soundtrack that came out in 2013. So, like, for example, I am absolutely certain Final Fantasy XIV will show up at some point in this episode. In the case of, like, something like, you know, uh, A Realm Reborn, where there hasn't been an official soundtrack release yet, that still, it counts because it came out in 2013. So, for the purposes of listeners knowing what our criteria for picking were, that's what you got. We decided to start with uh, lovely guest Tooker, because you've never been on the show, so I wanted to give you the honor of going first. You've got quite a little spread here, so uh, tell us what you've selected. Yeah, so uh, this uh, this last year, played a, a lot of games uh, and heard a lot of music from not-so-awesome to really-awesome, and the, mm-hmm. the ones that I picked for the show were uh, Lead Up to the Decisive Battle from Nino Cooney, which if you played Nino Cooney, uh, you know better as that track that plays when you get on the dragon and fly around every place. <laughs> then Adventure in the Alps from uh, The Raven, point and click. If you didn't play that one, I, I definitely recommend it. Definitely. Uh, and then uh, and then Final Boss from uh, Penny Arcade 4, which I think that game came out in the previous year and the soundtrack came out in 2013. One way yeah. or the other, definitely the soundtrack came out in 2013. Yeah, and that, that's a great soundtrack that uh, we'll be covering in the future, too. We're a little delayed on it, but it's it's really good. Hyperduck has such range, I think, and uh, that's why I was really glad you picked it, because I don't think we've had anything from Penny Arcade yet, like uh, three or four, and uh, that whole album, I think, has a lot of really interesting music. So, And Hyperduck does a... They, they definitely contribute a really sort of, like, rocky vibe that... Not, not rocky, like, boxer rocky. Rock <laughs> hyphen E uh, uh, vibe. That you wouldn't expect necessarily from a sprite-based RPG like that, so it's it stands mm-hmm. out a lot, I think. Yeah, it really creates an interesting mood in that game. Like when you turn it on, I think it feels distinctly different from because most of three was done by I don't remember who, but some of the DLC for three was done by Hyperduck. So like it really creates I I think I mean you beat both of them took or so. Like did you feel like the the atmosphere was pretty different? Yeah, and and you know actually saying that the tracks that they did from three are on the penny arcade four soundtrack oh that's right so yeah uh, this particular one final boss i i like because it brings that rock stuff but it also brings 
sort of the Cthulhu Lovecraftian thing that the game has going on uh, to the track. You'll, you'll understand when you hear it if you haven't heard it before. Cool. Well, in that case, before we uh, talk too much about it, let's go ahead and take a listen to the tracks. So we've got Lead Up to the Decisive Battle from Nino Kuni, Adventure in the Alps from The Raven, and Final Boss from Penny Arcade 4.
So I, I think, you know, when you hear that, that lead up to the decisive battle, you know, track, it's the one that you hear when you get on your, your flying mount, your, your dragon that takes you all over the map instantly. Well, not instantly, but fast enough. Uh, the word that comes to mind for me through the whole track is majestic. And I know that's maybe kind of a cheesy word to use these days, but just nope. that trumpet, you know, that oh, yeah, fanfare, you're like, I, I never want to get off this dragon. I use the word, I, on my notes, I use the word triumphant airship moment vibe, because that's like, I, 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 I love the world map song in Nino Kuni, but I, I actually, I think I like that better, because oddly, it reminds me of Ragnarok from Final Fantasy VIII, like the song Ragnarok, because, or I think it's right on, and, uh... Like, it just gives you that, oh, this is it. This is the end of the adventure feel. And it's, like, it's so exciting. And, like, there's drama to it. And, like, you really, like, Joe, as I like to call him, you makes such great use of the orchestra in the Nino Kuni soundtrack. Like, just, mm-hmm. it, it feels like this really full, like, everything has come together for this moment song. And I think you get such a great sense of the finality and, like, the wonderful, like, just that transcendent feeling you get when you have the ability to fly everywhere now. Like, the the most terrestrial of your limitations has been thrown off, and now you're like, ha, I'm going to go fly around and save the world. And besides that, it's also very classically Hisaishi in that it sounds like a Ghibli soundtrack, you know, like like that mm-hmm. swelling moment near the climax of the film when the characters are empowered and they're ready to resolve whatever's happening. Um, trees are murdering the forest, that sort of thing. Yeah, or like some death monster has been resurrected and you have to fly in your little glider and stop <laughs> it. And actually, that doesn't really... I knew that would be the movie you referenced. Thank you. Yep. You're welcome, because Nausicaa is amazing. Yeah, So, and and it also, I think, plays into the the fact that Nino Kuni is about a young boy that's coming of age and, you know, trying to deal with the the grief that follows the death of his mother, early game spoiler, even though I'm pretty sure it says that. It says as much almost like on the box, right? Yeah. It's the opening cutscene. Right. So, so I think it's it's an empowering track as well, because it's an arrangement of sorts of the world map theme, which is has been playing since the beginning of the game. So from a, a gameplay standpoint, it's like it's the point where um, Oliver is is finally growing up and he's ready to go and confront his fears and and such. So there's a thematic uh, resonance there too. Yeah, it's crazy. It's been like a year since I played that game, and now that we're talking about this track, I find myself like wanting to talk more about the game. But there's only so much time for the show. Um, <laughs> yeah, a little te- technically speaking, there's only so much time. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be good to talk. It'd be good to talk on like a reflection type thing. Like, uh, did we even did we do a game of the year episode for Random Encounter? Did we? I don't think we did. Did we? Don't we no. usually do that? No, we talked about some predictions and stuff, but yeah, we didn't yep. do uh, favorites. Yeah, yeah, retrospective stuff is always fun to do, I and mean, we even end up doing it here sometimes, just because you know you talk about the music and like that just taps into your memories of something so well that. You know, that's what you end up with. Yeah. Well, we should go back in time and redo episode seventy-five to be that. <laughs> we could go back to the few. Oh man! Uh, yeah, you already. You already, uh, I, already got, I already got to do that. All right, sorry. Um, the the second track, though, lay it on us. Uh, yeah. So the the second track you know, was "Adventure in the Alps from the Raven." I, I I love that track. I love that whole soundtrack. I I don't think there's a track on it that I think is less than awesome. But that one of the things that I really love about this the soundtrack as a whole is that, like every track in it, every track in the in the game feels right for its setting uh adventure in the alps you know has that it's got that four beat sort of train kind of sound to it in the middle and that is where you know, you're on a train in the alps in that part of the game and it's very light-hearted which fits that part uh, of the game as well you're not dealing with you know people being dead or you know solving scary mysteries yet you're 
you know, walking around a train, being a conductor, and there's, you know, I mean, it's all happy and fun, and just, you know, overall, the the whole soundtrack reminds me a lot of sort of the classic Disney soundtracks. Um, yeah, that's actually exactly films. what I was thinking. And and maybe some like stage musical kind of stuff, but yeah, it's just just really you know another great orchestra uh, as well. There's actually video out on like YouTube of at least one of the tracks being recorded by the orchestra. It's worth uh, checking out. Oh wow! For me, it yeah. actually strikes a little bit of a Harry Potter chord. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, it's like they're on the train and they're getting ready to go to Hogsmeade, maybe or something like that. And th- you get like the sweeping view of a uh, snow falling on Hogwarts or. I don't know. I'm just I'm throwing out uh, Harry Potter references to make Steven giggle. It worked. It worked. I uh, what's interesting is the whole time we were listening to it, I was trying to figure out like what it was reminding me of because it reminds me so much of a certain song, and I have yet to come up with the track. But it, what it really gets me is I feel like that's what it would sound like if you took like a town theme from Shining Force and did it like modern style. Like I just I get I got such a like a just a you know like you're in Grand Seal walking around and like you know, going into the houses and talking to people and you're like, hey, who's this turtley person inside the small building? And Kiwi! You know, Kiwi's awesome, but like, I don't, it's just really what the vibe I get. Um, and like, there's another, ah, it's driving me nuts that I can't place what it reminds me of, but yeah, maybe it is Harry Potter. Maybe. It's great it's though. Deeply yeah. ingrained. The, the Raven is a very, very quietly released and sort of, I don't want to say forgotten, because I don't think anybody like forgot about it, but I, I, it's it's pretty. Well, you really liked it, didn't you, Tucker? Tucker. Yeah, yeah, I did. I, I gave it. Uh, I gave it good uh, reviews all the way through. Really, you know, I said this in my review. The only part that let me down was like the final thirty seconds of the game, and mm. it was not. It was not bad enough that it made me go, "Oh, I wish I hadn't played all that other stuff that I really enjoyed." It just made me go, "Oh, I wish I hadn't done that one particular thing." But yeah, it's I, I, the the puzzles are good. The graphics look great. The, everything about it is great. Yeah, so I, as the as an adventure game aficionado, I, I I recommend everyone try it out. And the music is great too. And I believe the game actually comes with its soundtrack digitally. We were we were fortunate enough to get it from E three too. But it's uh oh, you're right. I do have that. Yeah, I have the CD. I haven't even opened it. <laughs> and they and they gave us that super cool uh the like USB that, pen thing. Yeah, the USB like black raven feather. That, so oh, cool. that's pretty sweet. Yeah, I, I actually use it too. I'm like, people are like, what's that? I'm like, it's my raven feather. It holds my data. It's my raven. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think of the uh, the Disney angle because I was listening to it. And it, see, your your thing that you were trying to like relate it to is Shining Force, and I was listening and I, I got a vibe from it, but couldn't pinpoint it. So I'm glad you mentioned the Disney thing. Yeah, like, like I. I I just um, I'm like racking my brain sitting here I'm like like that's in a Disney film somewhere or something that I watched or a game or something. Yeah, it's it's not what I I, I don't obviously I don't know anything about the game, but it's not what I expected from that soundtrack. But I, I was uh, pleasantly surprised. Yeah, it's so got the, a cool vibe. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I need to listen to the rest of it now. Like I said, I think it's all it's all great. But uh, that was uh, that was the track I wanted to pick for the show. Cool. Maybe I'll open my CD finally. <laughs> it's worth doing. I'm actually looking at it right now. So uh, the last track. Yes, moving on from our, our happy-go-lucky adventure in the Alps, uh, the last track that we had in that set was a Final Boss from Penny Arcade 4. I I really like the way it starts off with that Lovecrafty kind of chanty thing um, that 
you know, the, the whole series, all four of the games have that theme to them, the Lovecraftian, you know, influence. And then it transitions over to like the electric guitar and things that you hear through the rest of the game. Just it's it's weird. The Penny Arcade 4 soundtrack, when I was playing the game, I was like, eh, this is like whatever. But as I've listened to it outside the game, I actually like it quite a bit more outside the game than I liked it inside the game, which is really strange. And I'm not sure I can pinpoint exactly why I feel that way. See, and that. that's that's actually why I bought the game, because I like the music so much and I really love uh, HyperDuck's work. I'm, I'm not especially keen on the Penny Arcade games. Like, they're not they're not terrible, but they're just kind of like they don't really do much for me. But I bought the game and I'm playing it. I'm like, gosh, I love the music, but man, I'm like, I, I I got the same impression. I'm like, it's just, I feel like it's it's it creates an interesting atmosphere, but not that it's not well matched because I feel like you can have music of that type in a in a 2D sprite style game like that. But something about it just seemed really off to me. And that I agree, I I, mm-hmm. I like it better out of the game. And yeah. that that song in particular, like right from the first moments after the choir is over, I feel like all you're getting is Noriyuki Iwadare Grandia music right there. Yes. That sounds so much like, like a boss theme from Grandia 2, and it's awesome. That sounds like Fight. Oh, all those songs. We played Fight, didn't we? Played fight. Yeah, we played it in the first episode. Like Fight version 2? Yeah, I think we played Fight version 2. Yeah, oh, man. We should play more of that. <laughs> so good. I want to cancel my enemy's attacks. Which, amusingly, that's actually... A common thing, like that's something that they share in common. That Penny Arcade. Oh yeah, uh, you're right. Battle system has that whole like attack cancellation thing, just like Grandia, and mm-hmm. that song sounds like a Grandia song. Weird. Weird. Mm. Somebody was awesome. inspired. Yeah, I was a little tempted to pick the Fish Force anthem. Uh, the Fish <laughs> oh Force God. is sort of they're sort of the Team Rocket of Penny Arcade Four. Such a great song too. I, I decided just not to go that way and, and pick the more uh, sort of epic sounding instead yeah uh, we'll save that one for an april fool's episode or something yeah full of wacky music than the, than the axum rangers from mario rpg oh man those guys uh, yeah. are awesome though axum. i was i was about to say we'll, we'll we'll save it for an april fool's episode where we play the mansion theme from resident evil but now we can't because oh. the guy totally stole the music i know i can't believe it so not only is it terrible but it's stolen yeah it's pretty bad oh man actually i don't know if the director's cut was him uh, I, I, I think it was just the original the good music but uh i don't remember but that's it's kind of off topic. A little bit. But yeah, thanks for bringing your uh, your picks, Tooker. I, I really liked yeah. all three of those tracks. And I, I like like I was telling you before the show, those are other than Nino Cooney, those are things that we haven't really represented on the show yet. And that's something that that's my that's my that's Derek and I's New Year's resolution for the show going forward this year is we want to try to get a greater variety of things in there because obviously we love to hear the music we love and we mm-hmm. want to play music that we particularly like, but we also want to make sure that we're appealing to, you know, everybody. Like, you know, there's gotta be something for everybody. And I think by getting those two games that we haven't had at all and some more Nino Cooney. I, I, I really like that you, you picked those because I got cool. This will fit in really well with our New Year's resolution. Yeah, I think it makes our selections more balanced. Yeah, because, I mean, there's plenty of time for us to just play Chrono Cross all day. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I got we got to do that for three hours last time. So, you know, I'm, I'm OK. I'll be OK for like another month or two. And then it it's might cool. be time like, to come up with another theme like games that involve Ono Trigger or like games Zeno. designs by Akira Toriyama or whoever did Zeno. Zeno everything. We should do a Zeno something, because there's a lot of amazing music in all of those games. Everything with Zeno has good music. We could even pick stuff from, like, Zeno Saga on DS. Have you heard the music in that? It's really good. I never have, actually. Oh, it's cool. A lot of it is, like, arrangements of the Zeno Saga episode one and two music on the console versions. But some of them are, like, there's, like, original music, too. It's really cool. Well, guess what we're doing this year, then? Yep. We're going to go Zeno style, and then we can include Xenomorph stuff, too. So if there's an alien RPG, we can use that. 
Xeno style, like when you go to um, In and Out Burger and they put like alien blood on your burger. Well, is that, that a Xeno yeah. style, please? Is that, is that a thing you can do? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I said, you have to I bring your I, own alien blood, though. Yes, I sounded really gullible there. Let's do that. With that, moving on, Mike. You, uh, you are, are, are as our most recent guest. I was just like, oh, I'm going to leave him off. You know, he, he already picked a bunch of stuff. But then you sent me your picks, and I was like, okay, he can come on. He picked awesome music. So, can we talk a little bit about what we're about to play that you selected? Absolutely your, your not. Favorite of 2013. Uh, come on, do it for the listeners and Derek and everybody but me. Oh, okay. As long as it's yeah. not for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So my first one was from A Link Between Worlds, which was which was a tough choice. I, I picked the final low rule castle theme and there's a lot of music i like in that game the dark world and i might like the dark world theme more but i thought it made more sense to pick an actual brand new original track versus a remix even though i like the remixes okay so that's why i chose that uh, my second track is a fistful of nickels from balance and ruin the final fantasy 6 overclocked album yes that that is sick. shadows theme it really I think really that's my favorite track on that entire compilation actually that or the impresario and my third track is well i don't want to spoil so i won't say exactly what it is i'll i'll just say that it's from a major boss battle in final fantasy 14 it's from a wonderful one all right so coming up we have the final dungeon theme from the legend of zelda a link between worlds a fistful of nickels from the final fantasy 6 balance and ruin overclocked remix album and finally the secret track that's a important boss theme from final fantasy 14 and realm reborn
think what surprised me most about the Final Dungeon theme for A Link Between Worlds is that I haven't played it in the game yet, but it's still really awesome. Um, thematically, it's just it's it's cool because it sort of builds up to itself, and I, we, we've talked about that a couple times before. It's like the most notable one I can think of is the Fantasy Star episode, and when we talked about the World Map song in Skies of Arcadia, uh, it, it sort of it starts out as this one melody and then keeps building upon itself as you get deeper and deeper. And that that gives it this really cool sense of like building to a climax that I think that those that they're really good at capturing musically in those games and uh, just in general it, it it sounds kind of like a cop out to say it has that link between worlds vibe to it but it really does like I know that sounds like a cop out but it's like it really kind of encapsulates it and uh, it's just it's 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 when you have a series like that where I I I'm gonna take a a shot in the dark and say most people aren't playing Zelda for the story. I mean, there are storytelling moments that you love, like when you pull the Master Sword out in Ocarina of Time and, you know, the final battle with Ganon. Like, you like those moments, but, like, for a series where the overall plot is not what is getting most players to play it, I think it's still great that they can capture that sort of epic sense of just finality. Like, you've been through this long adventure and now you're going to you're wrapping things up. You know, I, I, I think, you know, what you were saying about building on itself and, and things, it, it's funny how people might not think of something like that as being important to uh, a game, but it really is so important to the feeling that, that sort of adrenaline pumping that you can get when you're getting to the end of a game, that feeling that things are building up and building up and building up. And, and to have music structured like that really helps with that feeling it did you know, drive that emotion in you. Yeah, which is, I, I think that's one of the reasons why, I mean, I'm an emotional dude. I, you know, I, I, I freak out whenever something I like happens. And, you know, me, that's why I think I enjoy games that use music well like that, because, you know, you, you get, you're climbing the bad guy's tower, like you're climbing Kefka's tower and it's dramatic and you're, you know, you're getting ready to fight Kefka. But when the music reflects that building sense of anticipation that you have, like in your head when you're playing, it's just like, it's like all of it comes together. It's it's just it, it creates such a cool vibe, and I think the last couple of Zeldas have done an amazing job of that. So I mean, I'm not surprised that this one did it as well, given that it's my favorite Zelda in X number of entries. But uh, it, you know, just such a, a really great song. Yeah, and I I don't want to say that uh, music goes unnoticed because it doesn't, obviously, especially not yeah. by by people like us. But when I was younger, what do you mean like uh, us? Yeah, what do you mean like those people, RPG people? Uh, when I was a when I was a kid, I actually remember having this discussion with one of my friends who was arguing with me about how music is such a big part of games, and I was like, they would still be good without the music. And I, I mean, I I completely, you know, I've done a one eighty since then. Uh, I completely think that music makes games a lot of the time, and I'm willing to overlook faults in games for good music or play them to certain points for good music, mm-hmm. or at least you know find that music and listen to it on its own. So. You know, when I was younger, and I think this is something that people... I think a lot of us that grew up playing video games in particular may not have really thought about how uh, important or, or integral music is to the experience or to tying it into the narrative or the action on the screen. But um, more and more, now that game music is becoming a lot more widely appreciated, we can focus on that more. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is that, like, it, Climbing Kefka's Tower, when we all when we did that for the first time back when we first played that game, like... We definitely were like, oh, my God, this is so climactic. And we may not have thought those exact words, but we were like, oh, it's finally happening. This is so amazing. This is so epic for, you know. Like, like that moment when everyone, like, 
your whole party, like you reach Kefka and like everybody sort of pans out and then they all are like, all right, I'm going to give my quick speech. The music really suits it well too, if I recall. I, I don't remember that scene exactly, but mm-hmm. I am. But like, if there is no music, I feel like... Yeah, just, not- just imagine playing it on mute. Like, even if you're not the kind of person who really focuses on game music or listens to it outside of games, that's fine. But you can imagine, like, if, if that was muted, if there was absolutely no sound, it loses a lot of its impact. Yeah. So it's it's similar, like, in A Link Between Worlds, it, it builds up and gets progressively more instrumentated as it goes on. And it, finally, it's like, oh my god, I'm almost there. Here we go. It's the final fight. And you get excited. Yeah, I agree totally. And I think um, there, we, we played, I don't know, if, I can't remember if we played it or not. Gosh, I can't believe it's been that long. It's been a year since we started. Ooh, go us. The final dungeon theme in Skies of Arcadia does that, where it starts out very like quiet and sort mm-hmm. of peaceful, and then just rapidly builds up, and then like the Great Moon Shrine is like, and then like they just keep adding more and more to it. So those kinds of things just do a great job to mentally prepare you for the fact that you're building towards something. So all right, and then following that, what did we listen to? We listened to a fistful of nickels shadows theme from Balance and Ruin. The that's, that's not very li- much money, really. Well, I mean. Depends on how big your fist is. I mean, well, I mean if you have, if, like, if you... giant Hulk hands, you could have, like, 20, 30 dollars. Yeah, if you, if you have tiny hands, like, uh, freakishly small hands, like Rob said, quote, his words, not mine. Freakishly you, small hands. You may not be able to hold very many nickels. Also, the more like neck swallows his <laughs> chin. You know what they say about guys with really small hands. They, they, they can't hold very many nickels. They can't hold very many nickels. That is what they say. That's going to be my quote when we post this. You know what they say about guys with small hands? They can't hold very many nickels. That's perfect. And, like, if Shadow's going to slit his mama's throat for a nickel, like, that's not very much money. I think his standards are pretty low. Like, he obviously doesn't have much confidence in his skills or, like, very much self-esteem. But I think it's more that he's not driven by money. He's just driven by violence, I guess. Violence? <laughs> He's sure. driven. He's driven. He's driven by favors. Money's not as important to me as favors. No, but we uh, when we interviewed them, which you should check out. We still have it archived in the RPG Fan YouTube account. When we interviewed OC Remix, we talked to Andrew Reversa about that track. And uh, like I was saying, when I first heard it, I was working in the library, and just the whistling and just the whole the whole way the song comes in is very very Ennio Morricone, who is responsible for some some of the biggest you know old West soundtracks like A Fistful of Dollars and that sort of exactly. thing. And uh, his music is amazing. And then like you look at like the sort of the tradition that that's produced, like you know Michiro Naruke when she did Wild Arms, songs are. Like, I'm not, I don't want to discredit her in any way because she's incredibly talented, but songs are almost cribbed directly from Ennio Morricone's work to create that sort of whistling and the, the, the very, like, lonely acoustic guitar and the, the harmonica. Like, that, that sound is sort of, like, pioneered by Morricone. And so when you have it transplanted onto Shadow's theme, which is a theme I don't even like that much, like, you know, I, I don't dislike it, but he's, like, I wouldn't tell you, oh, Shadow's theme is great. It just, it, it becomes so much more. It's my favorite track on that album, and just it, it's such it's so expressive, and like it just tells you so much about his character with just that song. And like as the track goes on, like you know, there's that that, that cool like all the instruments get stripped out, you get that little breakdown, and then sort of the end of it, you know, it, it picks up pace really fast. And I always get the vibe of it's like Shadow leaving town, like. Not that he's riding a horse, but like, you know, if you're in like an old west, some guy heading out into the frontier and he's rapidly his horse is gathering speed. So it's such a such a vivid and evocative song for me that just it's it's easily the best track on the album for me. And that's that's really saying something. Yeah, especially if it isn't one of your favorite uh, original themes. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the thing is like and not even for any particular reason. I can't say like the melody just doesn't get me. And also I was one of the few people, I guess, that didn't really care for Shadow. Shadow. I was one of the people in the movie theater <laughs> who didn't really Mr. like Shadow. Shadow. I didn't really yeah, like it. Shadow's no, but, okay, but I don't really like Shadow. Yeah, like Shadow, he was he was not especially... Uh, uh-huh. he, he just, uh, you know, 
he's not my type. He's like all muscly and mysterious. And I like the happy, plucky, good characters. Like I was like Edgar and Sabin for most of the game. So that, that his theme, the, even the melody is awesome in the remix version of that song. So it's like, I don't know. It just, it, it, it's like shadows theme prime. It's like what shadows theme was born to be. So I I have, I, I could say a lot of good things about it and have, so. Well, there's a, I mean, that, that, that kind of idea of a track being just kind of okay in its original form and then being, you know, changed and becoming something really a lot bigger is something that's gone on throughout, you know, music history. There's a, a lot of songs that you'll hear that uh, when you find out, oh, that version that I know is not the original version. And I don't, I don't, I don't want to give two specific examples because I don't want to date myself too badly, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, when you there, there is something for to be said for the art of writing a great song, and there's something to be said for the art of finding greatness and bringing it out in a song that maybe was just okay to begin with. It's very wise, Tooker. Thank you. That was that was very like you, your voice kind of like whispered off that. Like, Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, I, th- I think uh, so. And then the last track was a major boss battle track from Final Fantasy XIV and Realm Reborn. And it's it's interesting because now that I've done that battle a couple of times, it's such an epic fight and there's so much great buildup to it and it's so much great music that it, it's like I forget how good it is and then I, like, I'll run that battle again with people and be like, oh, this is great, this is great. And it's just, it during this fight, you can have airships thrown at you. And so, like, all I think of is, like, me going, ah, like, running the other way as, like, the big giant targeting reticle hits the ground and it's like run the other way it's gonna blow up and it's just it's it's so iconically final fantasy finale that i just can't help but get excited when i hear that song yeah the imagery in the fight is great as well it's it's very climactic I, we keep saying climactic i think we've we've played quite a few end game or near end game yeah. tracks yeah uh but yeah this, this is a particularly climactic fight and it uses the it it very much throws back to older final fantasy games with its chorus and uh uh like the dark the deep drums and that kind of stuff yeah, I really, I really like the drums. Having not played uh, this, uh, I, I think it still really holds up even without the experience that that goes along with it in the game. But I noticed the, I noticed those drums. I like that. Yeah, it, that that, that kind of gives it a real punchy feel, which is great because the it's hard to explain because a lot of the fights kind of are like some of the fights in that game are a little bit more like cerebral where it's like oh you have to manage the the ads of the boss and you have to manage like certain different things like oh there'll be towers in one fight that you have to protect and this fight has kind of none of that pretext it's just like when this song starts playing it's straight up just you have to punch the boss as hard as you can before he before he punches you and kills you so and dodge all kinds of attacks yeah airships and bombs and all kinds of nonsense so it's it, it it it's i think that sort of reflects it because some of the other fights are a little more the songs kind of reflect the fight well, which is funny because some of them weren't even composed for these style of fight. But it's, man, I just it makes me want to go and fight that battle in the game again. All right, well we can we can run it later. Yeah, we can. Mike, any thoughts since you picked it and haven't said anything about any of the tracks you picked? <laughs> Do you have any trust- really few? <laughs> <laughs> He's just trusting them to stand on their own. I picked these and uh, have a good night. You can yeah. see. Why. Yeah, you can. You understand why. You understand good, why. Yeah, they're good songs. I, I like Final Fantasy VI and Zelda and, and stuff. So yeah, there you go. No, thank you, thank you. No, no. no. Um, just wanted. I was just, I was just ribbing you a little bit, but I know. Yeah, there's a. I think we've mentioned it. I don't know, three, four thousand times, but fourteen has really good music. No way. It does yeah? It? It's almost like we gave it music of the year in our game of the year award. Had game of the year. <laughs> we gave Final Fantasy fourteen a lot of awards. We did give game of, or music of the year, huh? On top of game of the yeah. year. Yeah. Well, I guess best sound, quote unquote. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Same thing. 
Well, if it wasn't amazing, it wouldn't have earned the award. But yeah, you know, sure. Right. Yeah, I, but I was narrowing down my picks, and what I ended up with today was uh, three boss songs. There's a lot of good music generally, but I ended up with three boss musics, and one was Garuda, which. Can I say Garuda? Is that a spoiler? No, she's like on the box. Okay, good. Which is probably my next favorite. And I, I didn't realize till today that that was actually in 1.0, that same song. Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, Titan is not in 1.0, the song. Or right. is it? No, he's not, not He's not even in the game in 1.0. And uh, is the Eifert track in... It's, it's different. Okay. I, I, uh... the, the Garuda's theme is so distinctive that I can see why they kept it. Like, they did a really great job culling some of the best stuff from 1.0 to reuse in 2.0, and it, it, yeah. it, it fits think, in well. I think, actually, uh, Ifrit's thing is is from 1.0. Yeah, so, but Titan, the fight and the song is completely new. I wonder what Leviathan's going to sound like. Uh, I don't know. And then this song, again, unless I missed it somewhere, this song is new for 2.0. Yeah. yeah so yeah, I yeah. figured that's why it got the vote over Garuda, even though Garuda's theme is amazing and everyone should listen to it. Yes. All right. Well, Mike, thanks for uh, bringing your picks Again, I mean, I'm sure you'll be around, but so, like I said, the way we're going to be doing this is in different segments. So uh, that's that's going to be it for uh, Mike and Tooker's picks. Tooker, thank you for coming on the show. We might see you again in reader time, in listener time, that could be in 30 seconds. But, you know, in our time, it could be, you know, maybe you'll be on the, in a week or two or in a month. But thank you both for uh, dropping by. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having us. Thanks, dudes. All right, and everybody else, go ahead and keep listening because we got more coming up.
All right, so we're now we're coming back in, and we've got new guests. Mike is still here. Hi, Mike. Hello. Hello. So we have super awesome special guests. They're not RPG fan people, but they're still awesome. First up, we have Don Kotowski, who is not a stranger to our podcast, but nonetheless, from Square Enix Music Online. He's awesome and knowledgeable and funny. So hi, Don. Hello. And then we have... How am I going to... I need a good title. I need a good title. Ah, all right. So we have Michael A. Cunningham, a.k.a. Mac... Red Mage slash Editor-in-Chief of RP Gamer, also known as Supreme Overlord. That's what we call our Editor-in-Chief, so that's that's how I view you as the Supreme Overlord. <laughs> I prefer Lavos. Lavos. Okay, all right. You can come on anytime. So we've been trying to get you both on for a while, and this is going to be a little bit more brief than we normally do because we're going to introduce you guys' uh, picks for 2013, and we'll go through that just like we did with our last section. And then uh, hopefully we can get you both back on a full episode too. But for now, we'll, we'll take the quality we can get. It's not about quantity. Works for me. So, and again, thank you both for consenting to drop by. That you both you both brought awesome music, and again, one of you is relieving me of a pick that I would have picked already. So now I free am free to pick something else. The benefits of waiting till the end, I guess. So, Mac, let's start with you. You you brought uh, you brought four tracks. We said three, but we decided that guests can cheat. So, uh, what what did you uh, what are you hitting us with? Yes, I am a cheater, um, and it's just great to you know, be able to share this. And it was really, really hard to come up with three anyway. So going to four, eh, it's, it's just cheating for a good cause. It is. And so, you know what? Welcome to my nightmare. Every time we <laughs> pick the track list, it's like Mike, when, when Mike came on to do the time travel episode, he says, Hey, uh, I have 30 tracks. Is that okay? No, Mike. Why do I have to cut this? Why do I have to cut this? I, I think uh, exaggerating. I think I only had 21. Okay, okay. Yeah, 21, which is most spot, most of our podcasts have like 21 tracks total. So, but so it, you just it, ran that one on your own. Yeah, it's it's I tried. Tough. Well, we we wanted them to, but it's it's tough. So it's really hard like when someone says, "All right, you have an hour to talk about your favorite boss themes. Pick 3." That's t- that's tough to do. It is. It's like picking your favorite children, assuming you like children or have children or any of those things. I don't. But I don't either. And I you don't have children or you don't like children? Neither. <laughs> Sorry, you left it open-ended. I had to jump at that opportunity. See, I don't have kids, but if I were my parents, I'd pick me as the favorite child. But that's just, you know. Yeah, that's I, only fair. I'm not biased. I'm just trying to objectively evaluate it. Indeed. Do you listen to this podcast? Before. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> but, but before I derailed you, your tracks. No, that's okay. See, yeah, it was really hard to decide because... There was a lot of great music last year, and each of the pieces that I selected today are 
ones that just kind of caught me for different reasons. Uh, the first one that I selected was from Etrian Odyssey 4. Now, I've never really been a big Etrian Odyssey fan just because I don't have the patience and I love drawing, you know, I love maps and stuff, but I hate drawing them. So it wasn't until 4 that I really even got in and played Etrian Odyssey that much, even though I own all the others and all that fun stuff. But before the game even came out, the teaser site on the Japanese Atlas site that they put up had three sample tracks, and I think they eventually added a fourth. But the first track that I am picking tonight is one of those sample tracks that they put on there. It's Labyrinth 3, Grotto of the Adamantian Beast, I think that's what it's full title is you can correct me on that later but labyrinth three is the one that i the first one that i picked and my wife and i would like sometimes sit in her room and whenever i would uh, be helping her with stuff i'll throw on music just so we have something to listen to and i just kept going to that site this is way before it even came out in japan and i would just play that over and over and over and she was like oh i kind of like that so when the game came out of course you know Wanted to get the soundtrack to and picked up the game. Never actually made it to Labyrinth 3, so I never got to hear this in-game, but it's still one of my personal favorites. Absolutely, yeah. I, uh, it's it's weird, because we got two Etrian Odyssey soundtracks in one year. Like, well, I, maybe... F- we got we got f- we got both games last year, and, like, I almost can't... Like, I, I remember, I think I said to Don or somebody, I was like, I don't understand how Koshiro does this, like that much music in that small amount of time and like those soundtracks are really really good yeah and it it caught me off guard too because i'd never listened to any of the prior etrian odyssey soundtracks and after that i wanted to go back and listen to more of these but what really caught me about this piece is just how kind of calm and peaceful it is yet at the same time it gives a kind of an eerie sound to go along with it not as I don't know, it's just something you could listen to like if you were just out floating on the river or doing something to relax. So, you know, it's one that I'll sit and listen to anytime I just want to calm down or, you know, relax and enjoy myself. Yet at the same time, you know, it's like the third labyrinth of a dungeon and by the time you were to get there in-game, you'd probably be freaking out and dying left and right. So, yeah, you wouldn't expect it to be re- uh, soothing. <laughs> exactly. Pretty stark contrast in that. But it's nice, and really love that one. Excellent. So what what else you got? Well, second, and this is no surprise for me, is from E's Memories of Celsetta. And that would be Ancient Land. It may have a different translation somewhere online, but Ancient Land's what I've always referred to it as. And it's another one that I had picked up, and I ended up getting the soundtrack before the game, as is the case with most of the soundtracks I listen to. And this one is fantastic it's just an action-packed piece of music and it's got some very you know kind of rocking you know rock guitar sounds it's got some rock violin you know if you've ever listened to any of the the stuff that jdk anything that they've ever done you know that they've got some rocking violins and rocking guitar and just some great music and it really picks up at about i think it's somewhere around the two minute and 20 second mark it just breaks into a just an awesome violin solo and it's just fantastic and it just brings out just all kinds of tension and just makes you want to get up and move so it's something you listen to whenever you're wanting to get some energy going yeah i never listen to falcon music when i'm tired well i do i do <laughs> but not one that i want to become tired right so this one was good and i actually did get to this part in game and uh, 
it took forever to get to. And when it finally started playing in there, I just ended up fighting around that area over and over and over just so I could continuously listen to that track over and over again. So there's a lot of great stuff on the Celsetta soundtrack. For some reason, I've heard Falcon fans say that they don't care for that soundtrack near as much as some of the others, but it's actually one of my favorite East soundtracks. So I'm just going to enjoy it and be okay with that. And I guess for my last pick is the one where I cheated. And that was with uh, Final Fantasy XIV, A Realm Reborn. Tons of fantastic music in this game. And what really hit me was initially when it was announced, you know, it was pretty much an Uematsu thing, but before it became A Realm Reborn. So, you know, he did great with answers. I love that one. That's one of my favorites with him. Oh, yeah. But um, things kind of changed. And I'm horrible at name pronunciation, so you can help me with... Uh... Our new fellow is Masayoshi Soken. Okay. Just so that, you know, me and my southern accent didn't butcher that name. <laughs> I know Soken is... He's come in and done a fantastic job with the Realm Reborn soundtrack with the new pieces that he's added to this. So the ones that I selected from this, and the reason I kind of cheated, is the first one doesn't really have an official title yet. It's um, just the... The dawn, the piece that plays at dawn in Thanalan, whenever you're out on the, you know, in the field. And it's just a little 30-second piece, and it's just so calming. And I remembered when I was playing it during the beta that I had just walked out of Ulda, and morning hit, and this piece just played, and it was so short. And I was like, is this just, you know, what happened? Is it just because the beta, they don't have all the music in yet? And it just crushed me when I found out that there was not more to it than this. There was just 30 seconds. It was such a beautiful little piano piece. And while that's one of my favorites from this soundtrack, or from that game, uh, the piece that I actually kind of wanted to go with from, and I guess it's not really even the new stuff, but wanted to go with this one was Fallen Angel. And that's the Garuda boss battle theme. Michael will be a a very big fan of you for selecting this. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Excellent. it was. It's not what I chose for my block because I was, but I was down between this and my actual pick. So I'm oh. glad that we get to have both on here. <laughs> excellent, excellent contrast. And, and interestingly, by the time we post this too, uh, we will have an interview with Masayoshi Soken about his work on 14, and we specifically asked him about this. So oh, very nice. apropos that you picked it, indeed. And this was one of the tracks that I had not listened to prior to getting to this scene. So. When I actually got to Garuda in the game, I, I still remember it. It was like 2 in the morning, and I'm not necessarily a night owl. I'm not up late generally, but for one night, um, we had started late. And some of my free company folks, we had gotten together to do Garuda and all kinds of connection issues and ended up finally getting to her at around 2 in the morning. And it took a couple hours to do that. So it's pretty much two hours of listening to that piece or that song over and over and over again. And the fact that, you know, not only did I not get sick of it, that it just kind of helped in the battle. It kind of makes you want to fight harder. It makes you want to win. It really uh, does. To that. My, uh, one of my closest friends, we got him the game recently and he's been playing and we've been walking him through and we got to Garuda mm-hmm. and he was so excited, and I just, like, the whole time, he's like, All right, what do I do? And I'm just kind of running in a circle, panning the camera around, like, look at how dramatic I am! <laughs> oh, yes, and it's, it really is just a fantastic, fantastic song, and it was not at all what I expected. But then again, after going through and getting to the music that plays during Titan, um, oh, yeah. you know, it kind of caught me off guard, too. I was like, 
whoa, this is this is different, you know, as like here in uh, Overworld for the first time. Uh, it was but a, it worked. Yeah, it was a good choice of them to keep it around in two point in a Realm Reborn because mm-hmm. it's it's a strong piece of music. Like a lot of the one stuff is great, and I think they did a great job picking stuff that fits in well with what's in a Realm Reborn, mm-hmm. even if it's like totally different, like this. Yes, and this just it worked so well. I really loved it, and that was the one I, if I had to narrow it down to, the one that stood out to me the most about a Realm Reborn. Excellent. Before we talk any further, let's go ahead and take a listen to Labyrinth Three, Grotto the Adamantine Beast, Ancient Land, Thanalon Dawn, and Fallen Angel.
I am a huge Yuzo Koshiro fan in general, and I, I asked Don while we were out which album he prefers. Is it Etrian Odyssey 4 or is it New Etrian Odyssey? Because they, it's, it's, they came out in such close proximity, and just I don't know how Koshiro puts out that much great work, because I love all those soundtracks. My personal favorite is 3, in case anyone's wondering. And, I uh, concur there. Right? It's awesome. Although 2 has awesome stuff too, but off topic, I'm getting. But I asked him that, and I've given you time to think, so... Keep thinking about that because I'm going to ask you before we're done. But what I really love about that particular track is that, like we said before, we listened to it pretty. It's pretty well into the game. Like you know, if you're if you're at Labyrinth Three, you've you've invested into Etrian Odyssey. Like you know, yes. you, you've been grinding a bit. You built up your characters. You know, you know, you know the jam at that point. So and that game is just exhausting sometimes in a, in a good way because you can't you can't really relax when you play that unless I know they have the easier mode now, which is great. If you, you know, if you want to just enjoy the dungeon crawling and map it, but for me, whenever I play those games, I'm like exhausted as I get through every floor of the dungeon. I'm like, oh god, here we go. So we to go. have that sort of lonely piano is really, like you said, it's it's cathartic almost, but it's it's off it's off putting because like there's that really deep bass that I like, and the piano by itself just it's it creates a mood of disquiet even while it sort of soothes you. Right, the flute in the background too, just kind of going along or whatever the wind instrument is just hypnotizing yeah i'm a big fan of the saxophone in that track it's very sexy oh (laughs) yeah you get to stay you made a pun (laughs) that is the key to steven's heart yeah that or back to the future quotes don you had time to think about it which one do you like better four or new now if i have to give a decision i have to say uh new only because most of the soundtrack is based off of the original soundtrack and it's just arranged. Ah, uh, true. But I think the arrangements, like especially with the normal battle theme, are really more, I guess, energetic than say the normal battle theme for, or the first three done, you know, first three labyrinths uh, battle theme for Etrian Odyssey Four. Wild Nice, it's a little less powerful, and I think some of the yeah, it's it's, it's some not, of the battle theme. It's it's less punchy than I think those older FM ones are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I can see that. I, I see. I, I really like them both, and it's hard for me to pick. But I think I do tend to skew a little closer to, or a little more towards the older Etrian Odysseys. Not because I don't think the new ones are awesome, because they are. But I really like the punchiness and like the dirty, bassy stuff of those yeah. older ones because they're still using that FM sound. You know, I, it's a, I'm a child of the Genesis. I love terrible sounding bass. Oh. That was that was excellent. And then next we listen to Ancient Land from Celsetta. Ease Celsetta. Ease Celsetta. Sorry, Derek would yell at me if I mispronounced it again. <laughs> Wise. You don't call it wise. <laughs> I, uh, I like to play the wise games with Adol and Doggy. Oh god, <laughs> <laughs> much Celsetta. Uh, well, see, Derek always points out. He goes, "You studied Japanese for seven years. How do you not know how to pronounce that?" Like, that's a good point. I should feel ashamed of myself, and I do. But I also really like that song. Indeed, and it makes me cringe hearing people say that. But <laughs> at least you enjoy the music. That's what's. That's all that matters. Just that whole the violin solo at uh, two twenty. Just still, anytime that hits, it just oh, it'll just rock. I can, oh yeah, sorry. I don't no. even really have words for it. Just I enjoy enjoy hearing that one over and over. Yeah, that was something I had to learn to do when we started doing Rhythm Encounter. Was we were, I was like, I can't just be like, ugh, so. <laughs> I was like, I have to verbalize. I use yes. my words. I'm going to get yelled at for using the same phrasing him, but Falcom's rocking. And Salsetta is actually one of my favorite E's soundtracks, too. You know, maybe because I'm not as exposed to the other ones. Like, I like Origin. 
But yes. when I first heard Salsetto, when it came out in Japanese, I was like, man, this is awesome. Like, I, I really love the idea of using a violin with a rockin' song like that. So mm-hmm. the melody is just great in that. And I always, in my brain, whenever I hear, especially wise music, ugh, uh, I always <laughs> I used, get like... I used, well, before I knew better, I used to at least... I wasn't that bad, but I would try to pronounce it the best I could. Yeah. I, I would say yes. Yes. But like those... Stephen Wise. <laughs> I always sort of associate them with like the 80s for some reason. So whenever I hear it, I'm like, this is like exactly what would happen if you if they had this musical technology in the 80s. Well, actually, they had like the Red Book Audio. So I always get such like it's quintessential 80s vibe from East music. And this is definitely no exception. Indeed. Yeah, and like I said, when I got to that part in game, it was it was so easy to get into it because you could get in such a rhythm with that music. It's just so intense. It just continues to build and build and build. And what really gets me about the um, just that end part is the hesitation that happens right before the solo hits and do 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 yeah 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 and then it comes right back into that so good in my notes i wrote that thing with the melody and that's what i was talking about so my musical terminology is very specific (laughs) we've invented a few things here like that thing and honker but it's kind of sad because not having any kind of verbalization skills it seems like after you know years of listening to music and you know seven or eight years of being involved in music and knowing all the terminology and not being able to say more about it than this but yes when it gets to the hesitation and then the syncopated rhythm at after the rest is just fantastic i don't know it's great listen to to it yes fantastic so the last two tracks we'll sort of bundle them together since one of them is brief and amazing i We've made no bones about our love for Final Fantasy XIV. We gave it a zillion awards on the site because we all love it, and we're all still playing it. And the music, in particular, I think is a big is a very large part of that for me. And we, Absolutely. And you know, we, you know, I, I privilege your comments on this because I've had an opportunity to hawk about it for ever. Yes, the music on Final Fantasy XIV, and that was another one that our awards at RP Gamer Two. We ended up. I hadn't even thought about this, but I just looked at the three that we gave awards to, and it was. Celsetta, A Realm Reborn, and Etrian Odyssey 4 in that order, which is so kind of ironic. You, so you I think, the whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> I, I pretty much, I guess I just manipulated that one. And I think I mentioned all of the... Yep, I do. Okay. Because I wrote the whole piece on this and mentioned all those. I, I think I'll just read yeah, <laughs> read our awards because I think I verbalized it better there. Yeah, by all uh, means. <laughs> but uh, no, no. Final Fantasy fourteen really was is just fantastic overall, and the music is a fantastic part of it. From Answers, which is easily my favorite thing that Susan Calway's ever done, and I'm a huge fan of Distant Worlds, her, her work on that, even though she wasn't the original lyricist for that one. Her version of it is just awesome, and being able to hear her do that one live at a Distant World concert was great, and I wish I'd been able to catch answers, too. But it's great. Soken's music that he's done with this, you know, from Titan's track to, you know, Garuda's Fallen Angel, everything about it, it's something that you never want to turn down. You don't want to turn these down. You want to listen to them. You want to always be able to hear these, and it's it's fantastic. Everything about the music is just amazing. With an MMORPG, I've played my fair share of them, and even my favorite ones. Like, prior to 14, my favorites were Dark Age Camelot and Lord of the Rings Online. And Chance Thomas's music is great in Lord of the Rings Online, but the thing is, after, you know, 100 hours, I don't care to hear the music anymore. And I never got into Final Fantasy XI enough, but I always wanted to 
mm-hmm. because of how great the music in that was. Like, I really loved it. And I was like, oh, yeah. oh there's no way, there's no way 14s will be as good. And then it's just, I'm playing it and I'm like, I never, you're right. I never want to turn the music off. Like there are mundane things that you do a lot in an MMO, even the best MMOs, you know, 14 doesn't necessarily innovate, but it does it, it what it does, it does really well. And so when you're doing something that's repetitive, because sometimes those kind of tasks come in in an MMO, they're elevated to something a little more because of how good the music is, at least for me, because I'm like, I fought Garuda 50 times, but I still <laughs> get every time I get in there, I'm like, all right, pan the camera around with the, the whirlwind and look at how cool <laughs> Taylor looks with that music. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. So, and see, I did play 11 and that was, you know, the only other MMO I'd played at the time, played a little while after that, but not much, but it just for people who even don't like MMOs, it's hard for them for people that haven't played these to really understand that these games have fantastic music 14 11 both of them you don't always associate a lot of that stuff because people that don't play them don't necessarily think of those as real games for whatever reason that's you know just kind of a stigma that they have yeah like a lot of people will say oh i don't play the mmo final fantasies because they're no good and don't get me wrong 11 you know 11 had a kind of a barrier to entry yes it but did. <laughs> It, it re- I think it rewarded players too. Like I never had the chance to, but and fourteen is very similar. Like you know, I w- I've been saying for a while that fourteen is one of my favorite Final Fantasies in a while. Not same here. One of my favorite Final Fantasies that's online. It's like no, it's I I will have the same memories of playing fourteen now as an adult that I do of like thinking back to like nine because the amount of time I spent with it is just so much, and I have just have had so many good experiences that mm-hmm. remind me of the kind I had when I played older Final Fantasies. And it started for me, because I played just a little of the beta of the original 14, and I'm not trying to get too much into that and trying to bring it back to music. In the intro, when they first showed off the intro cinematic for A Realm Reborn, and you know it has answers playing in the background, and just mm-hmm. the hauntingness of that whole thing, that's that whole cinematic just screamed Final Fantasy and the rest of the game just matched it. And I, you know, I'll, I'll be one to say that that song is just so intense. It's, you know, it's one that can, you know, kind of tear up on just because of the intensity of that music. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, and not a shame to say it. You shouldn't be. I agree with the sentiments about Fallen Angel. It's one of my favorite tunes from the original soundtrack. And I'm glad they kind of carried it over because it's like that intro is what really gets me. Oh yeah! How Before it really yeah. starts, chanting. Like, like the chanting and the piano and the kind of jazzy in the background. It's like it's crazy, but I don't know when I when I first got to that battle, like to see how it kind of worked because I had no idea what Garuda looked like aside from like that little screen picture that shows up when you accept the the <laughs> yeah. quest. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was like, holy crap, what's going on? And then, like, the background and the world, it's its absolutely crazy. Yeah. But that, I think it fits very well. Yeah, like, that is, that's one of those moments where you're like, I'm playing Final Fantasy. Like, this is Final Fantasy as, like, you imagine it in your days of yore. Like, yeah, you're against Barbaricia. Yeah, yes. I imagine that's how, like, the kind of battlefield that you would kind of employ if you could get that kind of... Oh, yes, that's a good, good example to go back to. To kind of get that yeah. kind of... <laughs> dynamic in the Tower of Zot. Ah, uh, yes. That would be great. And, and I like the intro to that song so much. I think I just told you guys, well, in-game the other day, but when you do a boss battle like, you know, 30 times, you're going to just skip the cutscenes. But Garuda is the one I won't skip because I like the build-up and the intro to that song so much. Yeah, it's oh, yeah. like, it is It is keyed up really well. And it 
Yeah, it's good. I, I also, with the answers, I don't know if any of you have been to Binding Coil. I know Mike and I have, and we don't want to talk too much about it. But if you like answers, you should probably go to Binding Coil at least once. I'm not going to say any more than that. I'm just saying it would behoove you. Or at least listen to the music. <laughs> that I've done. <laughs> but anyways, awesome selections. And again, thank you for bringing them with us and for joining us. We'll, uh, like I said, we'll, we're going to get you back. But now the... The, the spin the bottle of play music. Wow, that's a terrible metaphor. I'm sorry, but it's, Don, I'm sorry. I tried to give you. I hope something. it lands on me. I hope it lands on me. I hope me. it lands on me. I want a kiss of music. <laughs> but I, I tried. I tried to give you a, an epic introduction, Don, and I turned it into something silly. So you picked our next tracks. So uh, what do we got? What do we got? What did you love from last uh, year? Well, I could have chosen lots of things. Yeah. And I, like my first track is also from Etrian Odyssey, but it's from the new Etrian Odyssey or Etrian Odyssey Untold as it's known in the West. But I seriously contemplated picking something from Seven Dragon 2020-2 because Koshiro also composed that last year. I don't know how he does it, as you had mentioned. But I decided to choose Etrian Odyssey only because this version has FM synth for the new music as well, which was something that was... I wouldn't say sorely lacking, but to some fans of the series, sorely lacking in Etrian Odyssey 4. <laughs> and, I mean, I'm not going to explain why I chose this track quite yet, but I hope that people who are fans of the original soundtrack at least notice why I chose this particular battle theme, which is played in the new area in the story mode of the game. And then, after that, I decided I wanted to choose something from Drakengard 3, since that was kind of just released at the tail end of 2013 in Japan. And although I could have opted for either type of battle kind of music, the crazy rocktronic versions or the orchestral battle things on the first disc, I decided I just would choose something a little soft and mellow, the, the tune that closes off the first disc. And I'll have a little story about that too after the break. And then for track seven, I know we're getting the game in March, but the game came out in July of last year in Japan. And while not everybody likes Tempe Sato's music as much as I may, That's okay. I, think, I think this uh, this tune is really unique. It's one of the vocal themes from that game. Um, it's sung by Emmy Evans, who most people know from Near. And it's a little different than most of his vocal tunes, and I, because I think it fuses his kind of charm in the vocal theme department with like Emmy Evans' duo group that she's part of, Freescape. So it kind of has this weird kind of trip hop sort of sound to it, but with violin and a whole bunch of other things. And I think it's just a really catchy tune. And then that's uh, um, sorry, then that's from the Witch and the Hundred Nights. Is that yeah, it's from Witch and the Hundred Nights. Sorry, I blank. And then but... lastly, since it came out. Also at the tail end of Japan, and we just got it in the U.S., I figured it would be fitting to end with the new theme from Bravely Default for the sequel. And it's a boss theme that's used against enemies you get in Street Pass or from the update data. Ah, okay. Gotcha. That's, um, that's why I didn't recognize it, because it's from the, the, the second version yeah. of the game. And it's kind of a bipolar sort of tune, but I'm sure there's a reason for that, because... In my history of knowing Revo's work through, or Revo, I think that's how he pronounces it. I'm not quite sure, but Revo just sounds more natural to me. Revolution. Uh, yes, it's a revolution. Um, <laughs> oh my god, um, I feel it, bad about it that. It sounds like two tracks kind of like merged into one. So 
I'm going to say it now. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I am almost willing to bet that when the second game comes out, each of those tracks will be their own separate thing. But that's just a guess. They're just going to kind of be like their little teasers that he's put together for a battle theme. But that's just a... Yeah, it's it's a pretty interesting tune with a lot of different styles. And it just... It really is one of my favorite tunes in all of Bravely Default. Excellent. Well, all right, then. Let's go ahead and take a listen before we chitter-chatter any further. We got uh, coming up Battlefield Furnace of War, the FM version, piano track for the sake of ethics, Magiaju from uh, Witch in the Hundred Nights, and The Name of Distorted Thought is the Devil from Bravely Default for the sequel.
in my notes for Etrian Odyssey, I- I'm actually glad you picked this one, Don, because it's a nice contrast from the orchestral one that Mac picked. And that's my notes say FM, 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 bass, bass, bass in all caps. Uh, I have flashes of my childhood. Like, I flash back to, like, moments, like, specific moments as a kid listening to this song. And then I'm like, no, that's impossible. This came out last year. But Koshiro, his FM stuff just does such an amazing job capturing that Genesis sound, like that that bass that just forever it's it's why to this day i'm sure i love bass so much because the genesis if it could do anything it could do bass it's a, like you said it's a it's a remix of the battle theme from the first Etrian odyssey but it's just it has the difference between the orchestral stuff and the fm stuff is that it feels like the fm stuff is like punching you with how like in your face it is and that's just it's so, the, like the melody is great but just that genesis bass where does that play in the game do you know what that plays initially I think it plays in all of... I can't guarantee this because I haven't gotten that far in the game yet because I have been so busy. Um, but it plays in the new dungeon that you can only access when you actually play story mode and not the uh, classic version where okay. um, you get to make your own characters. But it plays in that new dungeon and yeah, I don't know how big that dungeon is. I know it's multiple floors and you go there after each after each time you clear a, a stratum. Gotcha. But the, uh, but yeah, there's also a couple versions of the the labyrinth theme for that game as well. So, but I think there's only that one battle theme, and then some boss themes for that section. And I wouldn't, I don't know if it's necessarily a final boss since I haven't gotten that far yet. But I guess the final boss of that section, because I don't think it's the final boss of the game. But who knows? <laughs> well, whatever it is, it's it's totally rad. Like the the battle themes in all those games. Like I I, I can't remember if I said it before we recorded, but just. That was what initially hooked me on it when I was when I beat Etrian Odyssey three. Like I'm just like, oh my gosh! Like these boss themes, and then like the foe battle theme from, or no, it might have been the the, the stratum boss theme from two. It's like that, boom, 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 boom. Like yeah, that's the the the, the, the boss theme. Oh, it's just it's so dramatic. Love it. And you said foe battle theme. I honestly interpreted it as F A U X. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's not a real battle theme. It was not a real <laughs> battle theme. It was a battle theme before it was cool. It's called Faux Retro. <laughs> oh, boy. And I think we need to get you to do, like, all of the music instead of us actually listening to it. You can just rock it like you did just then. I'll try. Uh, I See, when I, when I first started doing this, I was really shy to do that because I was like, people are going to think I'm an idiot. And then, like, around episode three, I was like, oh, my God, people think I'm an idiot anyway. I could just get away with it. <laughs> so now I'm like, I, I slowly have become less shy at trying to mimic sounds because I can't be like, oh, that part when the syncopated bass beat comes up and the back beat's like, bah, bah, bah. I'm like, no, nah, I'm just going to try to recreate the sound myself. You do well. Thank you. Thank you. And you're a listener, too. So you, I, I, I take your uh, your commentary with the highest of uh, seriousness. I do. I, I enjoy it. And I really enjoyed that track, too, because that one was something that I hadn't heard anything really out of outside of the few things that I've heard in game from what I've played of Untold, and that one really rocks. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to pick that soundtrack up, because, yeah. See, see, we're doing our duty here. I always love it when somebody's like, oh, i got to get that music. I'm like, yeah, you do. That's pretty much every time that one of these podcasts hits, because there's usually something, except the last one, I think you played, like, all of my favorites on. But You're welcome. Kind of hard to do that. Right. <laughs> so, Don, talk a little bit about Piano Track for the sake of ethics. So... Dragon Dragoon 3 has a really interesting soundtrack. Let me just preface it with what like I think, and then I'll, I'd like you to talk about it because you're incredibly knowledgeable about this. But it's what I found interesting going into it is that I I had sort of prepared myself for knowing it wasn't going to be like near, which I think helped me enjoy it more because 
I like New Year's soundtrack a lot, but I don't think I'm quite at the level that most people are. Like, where I really enjoy it. I think maybe if I beat the game, I'd feel differently. But the Dragon Dragoon 3 soundtrack is just so crazy. Like, one minute it's this orchestral stuff, then it's like, there's like dubstep in a song. And then there's just, the, there's This Silence is Mine, which is the best thing ever. And there's just such insane variety to it, yet it all sort of fits together. That track just, it, it the, when I think of the soundtrack, I think of something that isn't that. So when I hear that, I'm like, oh my gosh, I... I almost forgot that's on there, not because it's not wonderful, because it is, but because there's just such an eclectic mix that, like, the last thing you heard is the thing you remember most, at least for me. Uh, yeah, I, well, I chose that track mainly because it wasn't necessarily off-putting for some people. I mean, I love that style of music anyway, the the heavy kind of electronic music. Yeah. And I also like the orchestral battle theme, or the battlefield stage themes. But and I didn't want to choose something that was very reminiscent of Near either, like some of the tracks. So I chose that track mainly because I think it's a really nice piece. But also, what impressed me more is that that piece is actually I would I don't know the exact percentage, but it's mostly improvised. Really? Yes. And uh, the composer is also the the pianist on it. Uh, that, and that's Keigo Hoashi from I wrote Monaco Monaka. Monaka, yes. It could be from Monaco. It's a good soundtrack. Good place, too, I hear, but I've never been there. But yeah, I mean, it's just a nice, peaceful kind of track, and I think it closes off the first disc quite nicely. Although it doesn't... Well, the first track on the disc, too, is Black Song, the, the main theme, but it, but neither track really prepares you for what to expect for the majority of disc, two. Yeah, disc, two is very... Uh, is, is quite a change, and I've had a couple people say that. They go, oh, I got the disc, two, and then, oh, what happened? It's so different. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of... Uh, when the sampler CD for the Tokyo Game Show came out, and this track was on there, and I asked if whatever, I don't know which theme, I think it was the first battle theme, like Ray of the Brave, the orchestral one, if it was composed by the same person who composed the piano track that we just listened to. And he said, yeah, they, they, it looks like they went with one of the least crazy tunes on the soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, what does that mean? Like, what does that mean? Is it going to be like Dragon Card 1, where it's like this crazy, discordant, orchestral, like, choppiness? Or is it going to be like the second game, where it's a little more, I guess, composed? I and not, not that, like, I mean, the first music was composed, too. But I mean, by composed, I mean, like, it was more tangible. It wasn't very experimental. That's what I mean. I have a quick question but, on this, then, just to get your thoughts on the Dragon Guard 3 soundtrack. I haven't listened to the first two, but I'm a huge fan of Nier, and even got my wife into Nier, and she doesn't normally like... She calls my game music that stuff that I listen to. <laughs> um, but she actually requested the Nier Piano Tracks soundtrack. So how close to Not you know Dragon Guard 1 and 2 is 3? Because it, it feels um, so different from Nier to me. Um, I would say it is very far from Dragon Guard 1, without question. Mm -hmm. uh, some tunes on Dragon Guard 2 are like the orchestral kind of themes, but I, I still think that Dragon Guard 3 is its own unique kind of beast. Gotcha. It definitely sounds like it. It took me a little while to come around to it, but now I'm starting to really get into it. And then uh, the next track we listen to is from The Witch and the Hundred Knights. And see, uh, it's interesting because... Tempe Sato is not someone I would list when I say favorite composers, but then I always hear stuff that I really like, and then I'm like, gosh, I need to listen to this more. And I think the biggest reason is just that I don't play many of those games, even though I think The Witch and the Hundred Knights is a roguelike, I believe, and I really want to try it out, actually. But I really like that song. First of all, you can never go wrong with Amy Evans. She's just such a uh, such a pretty voice, and just it, it fits in with the, 
the song had this sort of like playfulness to it, like a really bouncy rhythm and like a smooth bass, and just it 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 really felt like it. Like I feel like I get a good sense of the atmosphere in that game by listening to that track, having not played it. But it's just I don't want to say it's whimsical because you know that's my that's my evil word. But I don't just know. Say it. You know no, it, it's it. it's not it's not though. I don't think like I, it's hard for me to. It reminds me of like the Flanoir song from Tales of Symphonia for some reason. But it gives me that same kind of like yeah, I'm happy to be here kind of kind of vibe. Kind of whimsical maybe. Michael, it's not truly a roguelike. I'll say that. Oh okay. Action RPG. It's strange though. It's been a long time coming. I remember when it was supposed to come out in 2012. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it came out. <laughs> and then it was delayed for it, improvements. Well, and then not, at first I thought it was going to be, like, vaporware. It looked a lot more interesting to start with than it does now, but eh, I guess we'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I don't usually play too many NIS RPGs no. either, yeah. but I don't know. I've always liked most of his music. I th- and I think that his soundtracks that aren't part of an established series are my favorites, like Phantom Brave or... Oh, uh, it's a good one. Uh, oh, what is the U.S. name? I only know by the Japanese name, Soul Cradle. Um, Soul Eater. Yeah, Soul, Soul Eater. Soul Eaters, and then this. Because this guy has this very whimsical, like it's a quirky kind of style. So he gets, a, I guess, maybe more freedom to be more experimental with his music in that series. Because the whole premise of that game is to be ridiculous. <laughs> it, I mean, it is. You can get to level 9999, sure. Yeah, why not? Go for it. Do billions of points of damage? Sure, why not? So, I mean, in that sense it fits, but but it's not always necessarily as successful. But I like this guy for soundtrack probably the most. Soul Nomad. Soul Nomad. That's what it was, yeah. World Eater, something like that. Yeah, Soul Nomad the World Eater. And then, uh, so the last track, I wrote like a million notes on it because I'm sort of a... Thanks to Don who got me into Revo, as I'm going to call him now because it sounds like Revolution. I, I, I was all excited for the Bravely Default soundtrack before it even came out because Don kept being like, listen to this sample, listen to this sample. And then when it came out, I was just like, oh my gosh, this is so good. And then, you know, over a year later, I still didn't have the game. So When Bravely Default was first announced, completely first announced, nobody knew who the composer was at all. Except you. No, no, no. Really? Even, even No, because the very first theme that was released was the world map theme. Oh, goodness. That's and a wonderful I song. And I could not figure it out for the life of me. Like, And I contemplated. I'm thinking, it's got to be somebody that we know who composes RPG music. And I was like, it, it, it's really brassy, is it? Iwadare, possibly. And then later on, we heard the battle theme. And I'm like, oh, this is really brassy now. It's got to be him. <laughs> but then I was like, but the bass kind of sounds like Sakuraba, like the, 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 the rhythm. But I'm like, it's not keyboardy enough. So I was like, what the hell is going on? And then when, right before it was announced, there were rumors going around that it was this person named Riva from Sound Horizon, which I had known for like six years prior, I kind of started freaking out. Yeah, you're, then, you're a big fan of them. And then once I listened to the battle theme again, after knowing it, I'm like, I'm an idiot. I should have picked this up. It was yeah. so obvious. He has such a dis- he has such a distinctive sound that I when I when I reviewed it I talked about it I go it, it's it's like he like distilled all of the things that I love about some of the classic JRPG music like from all the composers because I feel like he touches on the styles of a lot of other composers throughout it as sort of like a tribute to those oh, that yeah. came before yeah. him easily yeah. because you know there are parts where the violin really sounds like Shimomura or you know you'll get parts that see like the brass and it sounds like Iwadari and I'm like oh my gosh it's such a great tribute and, and the, the boss theme that when you're not fighting actual people people but like monsters boss theme 
Yeah, yeah. That is Sakuraba to a T. It, it, it is, and that's what I liked about it. But what's cool is that as you get to the second disc of the soundtrack and further into the game, he starts to make it his own. Like Not, oh, that, yeah. not that he didn't, but he starts to... It becomes a tribute to Sound Horizon style of music. And that's why the final boss suite of songs is so amazing. Because it's like he just rips out the guitars and he's like, it is go time! Like Oh yeah, the like, final boss suite is amazing. And the, the actual last track of the ball the final final boss thing is one of my favorites in it's, in decades. I, I I would talk more about it, but the game just came out and I don't want to spoil the musical surprise for anybody. No, of course not. But it's it uh it it does one of my favorite things with music with game music. So I'll leave it at that. But in this track in particular, the reason I, I went around saying all that is because I feel like this is very strongly in the Revo doing his thing category and not oh, tributing yes. to somebody else. Like you have those really great vocals and the guitar and the piano breakdown and like, I listen to it, and I'm reminded of re- the stage presence Sound Horizon has when they put on those shows that you've showed me. And if I think we've said it on the show before, but if you haven't seen his performances of, or their performances of some of their shows, it's like insane rock stage opera madness, and it's awesome. And what this track does that I think Bravely Default does well in general is that it revisits so many of the main themes, even if it's just for a second or two. So it's like, I'm listening. I haven't heard this track, but I've heard a lot of the tracks that inform it. So I'm getting into it because I'm like, oh, that's the battle theme. Like, oh, this is so dramatic. And those that's the kind of music that really pulls you in when you're when you're fighting a boss, when you're reminded of things musically that you know. It's, it's like the composer's going, hey, hey, we're in on this together, right? And it's just, I, I, I don't have enough good things to say about that track. I had never heard it. And it just, it felt, it fits well. And it's just wonderful. Yeah, I like the, the, the dynamism. Absolutely. Of, of his music. Especially some of his recent, like, Sound Horizon stuff that came out last year, too. It, he has a track. This is kind of wandering off topic. But it goes through, like, five or six different styles in ten minutes. And I'm like, okay, this has purpose. Everything he does has purpose. But it's like, but it still feels put together yeah well that, that's what i liked about it too is that it there's so much going on in that how long is it six minutes like it, it it almost feels like you're listening to a different song but like don said it's like you can tell it's the same song but it just goes so many different places it's very interesting yeah and that's a, that's the strength of the whole soundtrack is that a lot of the tracks are lengthy but not repetitive it's it's a very i would i would say it's not a loopable soundtrack because the tracks are very distinctive yeah there's a couple on that soundtrack that are a little repetitive that I have to turn off if I've not, you know, not just in the mood for it. But I think I know what you're talking about now. I haven't really paid attention. I'm kind I, of intrigued to know one of those examples, just just out of curiosity. I, see, that's my problem, is just, I listen to them constantly, so I don't know titles, and I don't have those right off the top of my head. I'd actually have to dig through the soundtrack and listen, and I'll get you a name after this. Um, oh, man, I was <laughs> hoping to get some dissent in the ranks. I wanted Don to throw down the gloves and be like, oh, you want to talk Ishimoto? Uh, no, 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 no. no. That, Sorry, no. I, I forgot. I'm a host, not a not a, a fight runner guy. They're called referee. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes. Yeah. There's fight my words again. Thing. But, but sorry, yeah. you, were, you were saying. No, no, I think I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, and if it's what I think it is with you know, you were mentioning the battle or the final boss theme or something along those lines where it does one of your favorite things in music. I think I know exactly what you're talking about, despite the fact I don't know what order things are in. I tend to just put them on shuffle and not pay attention to order. But I think I've got a good idea what you're talking about there. And that's one of the strengths I've found. And it was a good thing with this piece that you played, too, is that it does keep coming back around. It, it brings back the familiar, but twists in something new. It's really good. Yeah, it rewards the. That's the thing is you get wrapped up in it because it's like when you're playing like a, like a, like I imagine how people who are big fans of these feel when they hear you know 
uh, like Fina's theme rearranged or something. Like I don't know if that's actually her name, but like you know, or you know, when you're playing the final a Final Fantasy and that inevitable Chocobo theme comes up, it's like it's tapping into the history of that of that series when you hear it, and it's kind of like you're like, yeah, I feel like I'm a part of this. And yeah. Bravely Default is just one, well, two, uh, one game and one expansion basically, but that the music is so capable of coming back around and saying, hey, you've been playing this game for a while. Now we're coming back around. You're like, yeah, you're t- it's tapping into the experience you already have playing the game and just draws you in, much like <clears throat> Binding Coil of Bahama. <clears throat> <laughs> evil Flight or Evil Fight, uh, whichever yes. one that is. That's one of the final boss tracks. Okay. One of those is the repetitive one I'm referring to. I can see that. Yeah, I, say, I can actually see that. I, I'll buy that. I will allow your dissent. <laughs> but Silence of the Forest is awesome. That would have been my pick had I shared one from the Bravely Default soundtrack. Well, Silence of the Forest is beautiful. It is. I, I This is horrible, but I think we played it on the show. And if we I, I, we played a Bravely Default song, and it might have been Silence of the Forest, or I might be saving it for a Forest Themes episode. We're going to call it Foliage Ocean and Rhythm Encounter. <laughs> but, yeah, it... You're not kidding, are you? <laughs> no. Get, nope. You can draw the graphic now if you want. Okay. All right. We, we made it around. Gentlemen, thank you both so much for coming to uh, serenade us with picks that are not just Chrono Cross, because I would have tried, and I might still. It's not too late. <laughs> but yes, Don, oh. thank you. Uh, as always, I'm always happy to get you on here, because last time when you came to, you brought a Tenpei Sato track. I think you brought two of them. And we have well, a... I, I, know, I know I brought one from yeah. Moving Souls, but yeah. I, I don't rem- remember. And I, I contemplated choosing some from Moving Souls Z, but I decided... That's a good album. To... I like that. I Yeah, I, and you know what it is? is I, we like to... Obviously, we pick our favorite tracks on here, and I, I, we try occasionally to pick things that are like, you know, all right, this isn't necessarily something I would pick if I had to pick my top ten, but for the sake of variety and because this is a good song, I want it on there. But sometimes it's hard, like, you fall into a rut. Like, we had some, you know, for the time travel episode, we had a few people that said, oh, man, you, you guys didn't veer out of a lot of stuff. And I'll, I'll agree with that because I picked all my favorite stuff because I just felt so strongly about that topic. But it's always great, especially when, like, both of you came on, and it's great to get different opinions because then we get other composers we don't have and we i even though i'm not the biggest tenpei sato fan i still like tenpei sato and whenever we get an opportunity to play him because the, the thing is i can't pick a tenpei sato track because i don't i don't listen to enough of the music to be like oh this is a great tenpei sato track so i i thank you for your reasoned and varied contribution don and oh thank you i i, I tried to add variety but if anyone who hasn't heard that soundtrack wants another great tune from Witch and Hunter Nights, just on YouTube, I think, you can just type in Moon Wars and then Witch and Hunter Nights, and then you should get another amazing tune. I will do that. And then, Mac, again, thank you. You oh, picked yes. two Final Fantasy XIV tracks, so you were in my good graces to begin with. And I oh. just noticed, I don't I, I don't think you've updated in a while, but your page on RP Gamer says that one of the most wanted sequels you want is Lost Odyssey 2. So, hello, new best friend. <laughs> yes, yes, I haven't touched that in a while, but that's still true. That would be something I would love to see again. I ask that's... them on Twitter, like, once a year. I'm like, hey, can you guys make Lost Odyssey 2? Maybe someday. <laughs> Steven, um... I'm sitting right here. You replaced <laughs> me on air your best as your friend. best friend. Was yes, it's, it's now me. <laughs> okay. Oh, sorry, I forgot about old best friend. <laughs> yeah. I'll be oh, like I'm old picture. now. Oh, my God, the insults just keep coming. <laughs> I'm leaving. Well, I, I love everybody. See, I, I hope to be back in time for the next episode. Oh, see? Well, Pun and <laughs> Back to the Future and music all in one. 
Oh, I can't say what I want to say. It's an Archer quote, but I can't say it because it's not appropriate. It's not safe to work, but it, it would work. <laughs> but but yes, yeah, anyways. Takahara Ishimoto. If you have any more Ishimoto ever, there's been a severe lack of him on this podcast. I will. I will that needs to be that. remedied. I can. We can do that, and I will Whole happily episode. do that. I got to get the uh, the the last dungeon song from Crisis Core. It's an awesome song. Oh, Crisis Core. Everything. Some, something so something water. Yes. But anyways, Don, Mac, Michael. Thanks all for coming again. So we're going to move on to our next section now, in which we will hit some more RPG fan editors' picks, and then uh, keep listening because we're not sure if we're going to split the episode in half, but uh, we probably are because it's going to be mega size for our awesome feature that you're already part of because you're in the future listening to this. We, you know, we're going to have reader picks coming up. To- Listener picks, reader picks. You read our podcast coming up soon. So again, guys, thank you again for dropping by, and keep listening, folks.